Hi, and welcome to the Arana Hills Church of Christ podcast. We hope this message brings you closer to knowing God, finding freedom in Him, and understanding what He has in store for you and your community. To learn more about Arana Hills Church of Christ, head to aranahills.church. We hope you enjoy this message. Foundation for wine being communion, sharing together. Uh, bread being community, a, a deeper sharing, and then coffee being commission, and you, you bounce from that place. He also spoke about uncomfortable care, and you would have maybe remembered a bit of a story that he shared about me um, that made me sound like an absolute creeper. For those of you who weren't here for it, I have to correct a few things from, what, from his story. He basically said that I was, he was, he's been really as some of you would have known, he was sick for a, for a few weeks. He was off for a month, but he was in bed sick for like six days with a hospital trip in there as well. And he tells this story and it makes me sound like I just appeared next to him at his bed and was like, hey, AJ, are you okay? And like, that was the, all the context that he gave you. It just made me sound like I was the biggest idiot and I was in his room when he was sleeping. <laughs> anyway, let me clear up some stuff for you because... It's partly true. But um, <laughs> my mate was sick. So AJ is my mate, and he was very sick. He was unwell. And that was very sad for us all and for me. And I was very convicted to uh, make sure he was okay and to do the things that I know that he wished he could be doing but couldn't do at that time because he loves this place. He loves God. He loves this church. And he just wasn't able to, at that point, do the things that he loves. And so I felt very convicted to be there for him. And I, I messaged before I went, okay? I messaged him. I messaged Corinda. And I said, hey, I've got a meal. I'd love to come over and just visit. So I messaged, right? I just didn't pop up next to him while he's asleep. I messaged him. I was greeted at the door by Corinda. She invited me in. I was invited in, Okay. There was an invitation. Um, I, I knocked on his bedroom door. I said, hello, AJ. And then I walked in. He doesn't remember any of this. He was literally off his face on like medication. Like he, there's, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't remember any of this, right? But I did. I sat down at the, at the end of his bed and I was just like making sure. He was asking him questions, making him sure he's okay. He was so uncomfortable. You could see it. He was like in pain, but also like he didn't know what just happened. And um, but I really felt in that moment, I just like I know that AJ's community heart was just breaking because he had, didn't have many people around him, you know. I just wanted to be there with him. And AJ said that he was like, oh, Sam's in my room, but there's all this laundry around and the, and the room's messy or whatever. And like when you're with someone, you actually, and you're there for them, you don't care about any of that stuff. That doesn't even come into your mind. I didn't even notice, you know. And so... I'm not a big creeper, <laughs> but I knew that my friends, <laughs> I knew that my friend was doing it tough. I'm ignoring the comment. <laughs> I knew my friend was doing it tough. I knew his family were doing it tough. And so I put a lasagna, I think, in the oven and I got it ready for them and made sure they had dinner. But all that to say, what, this is the part I just want to, all that stuff correction, but all this part in particular, I saw a need, I offered I got permission and I followed through with that, 
You know, that's the care that he was referring to. And it's not because I'm special. It's not because of whatever. I think you'd do the same if your mate is going through that, you know. And there's an uncomfortable care that I think we need to really grapple with that he felt uncomfortable, but it was needed in that moment to support him and his family. So anyway, I'm not a creep. The week after the AJ, though, Bronwyn spoke about surrendering and she gave a really great personal story of her life um, being surrendered in a heart, going from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And I think that was really beautiful. I'd encourage you to go listen to it if you weren't here for that. And then AJ was last week and he spoke about the heart of flesh being humility. Um, humiliation, failure and suffering were his three points, which is just a thrilling sermon. Um, but important, AJ, you touched on some really deeper things there that I think were really cool. And so we come to this week. So where does it leave us? He's creating intentional deep space for us to grow over this time. And he's going to continue to do that over the next little while. And there's three random things that I just want to speak about tonight. You might go home with one of them that's like brought something to your mind or your heart. There might be all of them. You might, yeah, I don't want to box you. But patient trust, sprinkles, and walls. Patient trust, sprinkles, and walls. All right. Let's start with patient trust, hey? I must admit, sorry, just before we get there, I must admit, I think... There's, there is a deeper work, but I, I got inspired this week about what was next coming after Good Rain. I was really excited because I think God was really speaking to me about that. And he's yeah, inspired me with a few things. And I can't wait to share that with you in a few weeks. That'll be really fun. Um, but, and that's going to be good light, by the way. Very cool. Um, but we're in good rain, and I was really challenged, like, even though I was inspired in this moment for what is to come, I'm still in this moment, you know? We get tempted to jump ahead and jump into the next thing and to just keep going, but it's like, no, there's something special about here, and he wants to remind us to be patient and trust him. You don't regret, you don't reject, sorry, or ignore what is to come or the truth that lies there, you actually are aware of that, but there's something in the moment that is worth grappling with. So patient trust. I want to take you through a bit of a devotion that I've read recently, and it's from this book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It is a book. This is the devotion version. So it takes you day by day. It says it there, day by day, um, through a series of devotions. And I want to read one to you. Um, If you go to the next slide. Oh, no. Yes. No, we'll go to the next slide. We'll do that first. Um, Ezekiel 36, 24 to 28 is where we've been placed over the last little bit. So let me read this first and then we'll get into um, this next part. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Is there a bit more, Gary? Ah, yeah, there we go. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. 
And you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. So in this devotion, it actually is really cool. It encourages you to have stillness and silence is is the first part to it. Silence and stillness. Now, this might be really awkward for you to do, but can we do that? Because what I find this helps, every time I do this devotion, sometimes I'm like in a hurry, and you're like, should skip the stillness and silence. But there's no, I think this is a really great way to just soften your heart from whatever's going on around you. So can we do that for a moment? Is that all right? If we just have a little bit of silence, maybe just seek God in this moment. Patient trust. In Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3, it says, The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's a pretty cool thing to be able to get from God, you know, like those bigger things, those things that are bigger than maybe he could even comprehend because it explains here. Like a few other metaphors, the image of the Christian life as a journey captures our experience of following Christ. Journeys involve movement, action, stops, starts, detours, delays, and trips into the unknown. God God called Abraham to leave his comfortable life at the age of 75 and to embark on a long and slow journey, a journey with God that would require much patient trust. And this is a quote that I'd just like to read to you. Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are, quiet. we are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We should like to skip the intermediate stages. We are impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability and that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you, your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though you, as though you could be today what time 
that is to say grace and circumstances acting on your own goodwill, will make of you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and expect the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. Hmm. It's a bit challenging, I think, but beautiful. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you. Hmm. So a question to ask from this, I think, what does it mean for you to trust in the slow work of God today? To not rush ahead to the next big thing, but what is it for today? There is a slowing that God is asking to lead us into especially with a world who is just so fixed on going to the next big thing, to the next big thing, and the pace becomes faster and faster, and it's actually destroying people's lives. You know, I felt that, that, that tension in my own life even. I don't know about you, but it's actually destroying people. It's doing way more damage than it is any good. And so maybe Christ is calling us to slow down a little bit. Patient trust. That's the first one. The second one was sprinkles. (laughs) It's close to sparkles. Joey loves sparkles, but it's not quite sparkles. Sprinkles. So let's read it again. Ezekiel. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. Now, I don't know what came to your mind when I said sprinkles. This is a very literal explanation of sprinkle, okay? We're talking about water, so um, good rain. Someone was hoping that I'd bring out fairy bread this morning, but it didn't happen, so I'm sorry. I know, okay, hindsight. Sprinkle. Now, this stood out to me. I don't know if um, I've, we've been reading this verse so much recently, and this word stood out to me this week in particular, and I wanted to touch on it because I think it actually stands out to me because it's a characteristic of God. He's actually wanted to remind us and reassure us of a, something in his heart that we need to understand before we go any further in this deeper work that he would like to do. Sprinkle. Now, it obviously means to rain very lightly, i.e., besprinkle. That's what it said. Have you ever heard of someone say besprinkle? B-E sprinkle, besprinkle. Besprinkle, like that's such a weird word. Besprinkle. <laughs> oh, anyway, Okay. I feel like in churches, we often hear a lot about, and we even sung about it tonight, Jenny, and I think it's a very different way. You know, like, pour it out, God, like your spirit, like, pour it out, rain, like, flood down. But And we we sang it in the Holy Spirit song because I think actually when it's used well is when it's to do with space or atmosphere or environment, you know? But when we're talking about our hearts, it's a very different thing that he's pointing to here. A sprinkle of rain is very different to a flood. 
it's very different to an overwhelming experience. He's actually being very gentle in what his spirit wants to do. A sprinkle is not scarcity. It's not, some, it's not because he has to like just hold some rain back because he doesn't have enough or hold some of his spirit back because, you know, there's only so much to go around. Like it's not a scarcity. It's because he's so kind. He doesn't want us to drown. He actually wants us to thrive and to live. He actually knows how much we need. He knows that a sprinkle is good for us. He's a perfect gardener. He wants us to become strong and courageous to continue to form with him and not rely on other things of this world to form us, but surrender to the one who actually knows best. It's a reassurance for us today. The word sprinkle of his spirit is because he is so kind. He is so gentle. He cares so much about your heart. He's not going to flood it. He doesn't want to do that. In Hebrews 10, it says this, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Sorry. (laughs) In Ezekiel, it also says, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. There's something about a sprinkling that he's doing that softens the soil enough to be able to make something grow under it, but above it. Part of the sprinkling is it settles us in place a little bit too, like it grounds us, it helps us be present to what's happening. And I think that's so beautiful. Because remember, he's helping create intentional deep space for us to grow. Hmm. It's a bit of the sprinkle story. A good reminder for us. Now we're going to go into walls. We've spoken about lots over the last few weeks having a heart of stone and a heart of flesh. So if we look at the the verse again, what stands out to me about it is, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. In Jeremiah, it also says, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. 
They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. I think we often look at um, these verses in particular, especially the Ezekiel one, and we really think about a heart transplant. Like we, I think we've often heard that when it comes to a heart transplant. And as I was reflecting on that, I think in my own experience, what I've realized is that actually my experience is, I think that does happen, but in, in our experience in life, it's actually more chipping away at things in our heart, the different layers that maybe our heart has. I think, yeah, in my experience, it's been, there's been layers and depth that are unknown to me at the time when I start that journey, that process. It's a process that when you get to a layer and you feel like you, you have a look at it, you come back around in a while and you'll actually be a bit deeper, you know, and you'll come back around and you've gone just that extra layer and you'll come back around and you've gone to that extra layer and I feel like that's a lot of our experiences. And I'd say that when I thought about this as well is that it's actually referring to a wall that we hit when it comes to looking at our heart. You know, it's made up of lots of different bricks, lots of different parts. You reach a wall, you hit a wall. And I think we get so frustrated when we hit a wall. It's like, God, we're doing these heart things. Like, what are we doing? Like, why is this wall here? How many, how many transplanted my heart? Like, why is there this here? And I think God wants to say tonight that it's, he hasn't put a wall there. I think it's actually things that we've either put there ourselves or other people have put there for us when they didn't have permission to, or maybe something that someone's spoken over us or done to us, or maybe we've experienced from through someone else. There's these walls that just appear in our hearts. And maybe we've attached so much of our identity on this one little brick, you know? And as we get to this wall and as we ask God to do this, this work of this wall, we sometimes want to ignore it, you know, like just like look away and pretend it doesn't exist and like, okay. <laughs> you try and go around it or you try and like dig underneath it. It's like, I've got to get to the other side. Ugh. But there's nothing that we can do with the wall in our own strength. Like there's nothing that we can do. God's wanting to take away these bricks one at a time, he's so gentle, he's so kind. He just wants to take him away. And he'll reach a point on this wall where I, I guarantee there's like, oh, that one's really painful because that's my whole life. He's like, no, that's your false life. You've actually been living a lie. You've put so much of your identity on that one brick, that one piece of the wall that it's, <laughs> he's like, you wait till you get to the other side. Oh, I've got something cool for you over there. I've got something beyond this wall. You thought this wall was giving you safety? There's freedom over there. Beyond this wall, there is absolute freedom. So you feel you're so protected behind this thing. He's like, ah, no, it's a lie. There's this, um, I just want to read another quote to you about these walls says this, a mature spirituality requires that you go through the pain of the wall, or as ancients call it, the dark night of the soul. Just as a physical wall stops us from moving ahead, God sometimes stops us in our spiritual journey through a spiritual wall in order to radically transform our character. 
Often we are brought to the wall by circumstances and cries beyond our control. But regardless of how we get there, every follower of Jesus at some point will confront the wall. Failure to understand and surrender that to God's working in us at the wall often results in great long-term pain, ongoing immaturity, and confusion. Receiving the gift of God in the wall, however, transforms our lives forever. It's like a slow work. We often just want to bulldoze it, (laughs) try and run into it. But he's so gentle. He's so kind. He's creating space for us to be able to really work through this deeper work in order for us to be as strong as he's created us to be. True strength, not this false stuff. True strength. So they're my three things for you, my three random thoughts. Patient trust. Sprinkles. And the wall. Now, I don't know where that sits with you. But I just want to take a moment as we share communion together to really have a think about this because, you know, that thing that I said earlier about the good light, the thing that's to come, we can just have a sneak peek of it now. So if you want to grab your communion, I just want to read something to you. God will provide rain for the seeds you sow. The grain that grows will be abundant. Your cattle will range far and wide, oblivious to war and earthquake. The oxen and donkeys you use for hauling and and plowing will feed well near running brooks that flow freely from mountains and hills. Better yet, on the day God heals his people, of the wounds and bruises from the time of punishment. Moonlight will flare into sunlight and sunlight, like a whole week of sunshine at once, will flood the land. I think for us, as we think about communion, this is that sunlight, you know? This is the actual, actually the example that he's given us to hold firm to, to hold close, to, to draw close to the hope for the future. That's actually already complete. It is done. But there's a journey in the, in the meantime to become our true selves fully. So let me pray. You know, Lord, we just want to, we just want to thank you for all that you're doing. 
the things that are seen, the things that are unseen. We want to thank you for this time of communion that we can really reflect on Jesus and understand that even in this deeper work, this stuff that is really hard sometimes, tricky and challenging, the stuff that might be slow and not at the pace that we want, that we know that we're completely covered, that your spirit is actually moving in and through everything that we're talking about, everything that we're going through. But the fact is that Jesus, in his life, his death, his resurrection, has given us a life to the full to actually experience and to keep pushing forward into. So Jesus, as we draw close to you, would you continue revealing our paths, our steps? Would you continue revealing our true selves in a way that makes us free indeed, not just free by the walls that are around us or the things that we put in the way that we think are keeping us safe. We want to pray against those things, Lord. We want to pray against the things that other people have put in our lives, the things that other people have said or done to be able to hurt us, that we've created a wall to keep us safe. We want to pray for freedom in you. We want to pray for a releasing of these walls that you tear them down a brick at a time so gently and purposefully. We do all of this in your name, Jesus. We cannot do it in our own strength. We need you and your spirit is moving and working in ways we don't even comprehend. So we take communion now in remembrance of you, Jesus. And we're not alone. Thank you for joining us today. If you were encouraged by the message and would like to hear more sermons like this, make sure you hit subscribe. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. To experience other messages, videos, and live services, head to oranahills.church and navigate to the resources tab. Thanks for listening.